Hello, and welcome to the Modern Maker Podcast. I'm Chris Salamone from Four Eyes Furniture, and with me as always, Mike Montgomery from Modern Builds. Hey, everybody. Happy to be here. And Ben Ueda from Homemade Modern. Hey. Today, back to monosyllabic. There it is. Good in, in <laughs> traditional form. Anyhow, today is Thursday, October 17th, otherwise known as National Pasta Day. You got to stay away from pasta, man. Too many carbs. Are you not back on it? I remember that you said that was your favorite, but you gave it up for the Yeah, I mean, I'll eat it occasionally now, but you know, I got a box of penne or a box of fettuccine, you know, in in the pantry, <laughs> but I but I try and avoid it. Always ready to go. How about are you a fusilli man? You like a little fusilli every now and again? I'm going to I'm going to be so honest with you. I don't think I've ever don't heard that it. word before. <laughs> I only know it from Seinfeld. Oh, okay. That's the only reason I there's an episode where Kramer builds uh, statues out of pasta. So. Oh wow! I don't think I've seen that. I've seen most episodes of Seinfeld, but I haven't. I he builds Jerry out of Fusilli because Jerry is silly. Oh, there we go. That's how it works. Must have been right. early episode. It's mid mid season <laughs> or mid. You could have went with it. I guess. You could have made me feel okay. It's very. It's the first episode. <laughs> They're like, no, it's the prime of this. It's the prime of the fifth season. Their best season. It's right in the meat of it. All right, let's get into this show. <laughs> Cool. All right. Well, what are you working on, Mike? What am I working on? Big week. Yeah. I'm back in the shop, back to productive uh, productive days. So mm-hmm. today I just got done. This is Monday. We're recording. I just got done pouring a bunch of wood-based and steel-based candles. I poured the wood-based ones yesterday. I made the molds for them last night. And today I just got done finishing the pours for the metal bases. And I'm excited to see how those come out. I'll be pulling them out of the molds tomorrow on Tuesday once they've had a good 24 hours to cure and do whatever it needs to do to not crumble. Uh, Aside from that, I'm starting another IKEA Hacks episode um, as well as just wrapping up some dwell projects that I'm wanting to get done uh, and kind of get ahead of the game a little bit. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm really excited, though, because I'm getting a U-turn orbit turntable in yeah yeah mike and nice. or ben and i have both used those yeah yes. and uh they're great yeah i'm excited to try one out it's definitely going to be an upgrade to what i'm using and uh it's gonna work great for the video i'm turning an ikea bookcase into a kind of mid-century even though i mentioned i was kind of moving away yeah it's just it's fitting sucked you back in yeah, I, I guess I can't be held accountable. Um, <laughs> but I'm turning the bookcase into a record console, and I think it's a great pairing. So I'm excited to I'm excited to get that video out. What are you guys working on, Ben? A uh, whole bunch of things. I am also back into the shop and and making things. So I finished building the table, uh, the walnut table that I built out of the the single live edge slab oh, nice. that I got from Advantage Lumber. And that's going to be uh, a dwell video. And I'm just waiting. So there are some big knot holes in it. So I filled those with uh, with resin and then uh, waiting for the resin to dry. I overfilled it just a little bit. So I might have to sand it down a little bit. I'm a little bit apprehensive because I've, I've had mixed experience with sanding resin. Uh, I think in the, in the past, I've waited like two or three days when I need to wait like six days for it to like, really really dry out because it kind of just gummed up and made a mess it made you go Mm -hmm. through like a ton of sandpaper yeah and then it was like it wasn't really clear it was kind of cloudy even when i like you know polished it and heat gunned it and stuff so i'm I'm gonna let it really cure up before i sort of sand it down a little bit and uh, uh do the final finish but the table looks fantastic uh it was 
It's one of those products. Anytime you cut into like a really expensive or like nice slab, it's, I, I mean, Chris, you, <laughs> uh, I was watching you do your sort of bench video, and I was thinking, you know, when when I'm sort of about to to make those first cuts, I feel like ah, this this is. I'm, gonna, really? I'm about to waste this material, uh, yeah. but no, it all turned <laughs> By out. By using it, it all, it all turned out pretty good, and it, it, the, the way I sort of butchered up the the slab it was a pretty efficient efficient usage. Um, mm-hmm. So waiting for the the resin to dry, and then I'll clear coat it. In the meantime, today I went and picked up a whole bunch of blue stone to do another fire pit. Ooh, um, nice. That's also going to be for dwell. And I was just doing the maths today and working out all the geometry because it's going to be this kind of uh, simple but uh, kind of ornate pattern. And it required some some calculations, which is always fun. Um, and then, oh, the last thing uh, is I just finished, I made a belt buckle. Actually, two more things. Made a belt buckle. So I took that technique that I experimented with, with the kinetic sand and the tin and I made a Lego Man belt buckle um, that came out pretty, pretty, pretty cool. And I, I, I just on Amazon, I ordered these belt buckle blanks. So they're basically the back part of a belt buckle. And okay. they have like screw holes in them. So I imagine like even if you want to make anything from like a rodeo uh, western sort of belt buckle to like a WWE size <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, belt buckle. Intercontinental champion belt. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So I got those blanks. They were like eight to ten bucks or something like that, and I got a, a strap of leather to use as the belt. And I think probably either tomorrow or the next day, I'm going to uh, attach the the belt and punch the holes in that. And uh, that'll be I think the first video I do for Toys R Us. So it's pretty cool because I used the sort of Legos to 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 form it, and I used the kinetic sand as the casting material, and then just used tin and a melting pot to do the rest. And then uh, just now, right before we started recording, I took a piece of oak and stained it black with the vinegar and steel wool mixture that I've been marinating. And it's interesting. It came out a little bit lighter than the last time I had done it. Um, I think I didn't have like enough of the steel wool in and I wasn't, uh, didn't have it uh, enough of it sort of exposed to the air or, or it wasn't quite oxidizing uh, correctly. So I think I'm going to put it in a more broader horizontal pan rather than a mason jar. And so it can sort of spread out and have a little more contact with the air. I think that might be what's what's happening, um, but I'm not sure. So when you ebonize oak, is it supposed to get to kind of a pure black or does it get to just a really deep shade? Uh, when I've done it before, it was black, black. Wow. Um, That's, I'm excited to see it then if you get it that dark. Right. Uh, with... Uh, I mean, it obviously depends on the oak, and I think white oak uh, impacts differently than 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 red oak because it's, it's it's basically a chemical reaction with the tannins of the wood. But uh, so I, I I'll just let it marinate a little bit longer and then and then try another coat. Um, one awesome. side came out a lot darker though than the other, even though it's the it's a solid piece of wood. So that that was kind of interesting. Hmm. Nice. For me, I uh, I put out the. The bench video, the dining bench video, so that's going well. People seem to be liking it for the most part. It had some cool geometry. I don't think I've seen that from you yet. Yeah, it was a different kind of look. Um, a lot of people said like kind of, I, I think in the video I had made a little joke about it being like a like a county fair oh, exhibition yeah. <laughs> woodworking thing or something. But a lot of people said like, oh, no, I think it's like more contemporary, like a 
art house kind of show or something. So I'm like, eh, I'll take it. <laughs> I think that it, it looked like something sounds a little nicer. I liked it. I thought there was something a little bit 90s about it. Like one of the angles, something about it ha- gave it that kind of like, mm-hmm. like it was is exactly what you see on like the cover of like fine woodworking in like the 90s. But it would yeah, have been done with like a lighter, with a more contrast. It would have been a less subtle. It would have been like purple heart and maple. Yeah. <laughs> right. And it's funny. I don't. I don't know if you guys will know what I'm talking about, but I picture like a '90s like poster where it'd be like a picture of like a sphere yeah. and a cone <laughs> and a cube or something. It's got that feeling to it. A little bit. But yeah. yeah. Anyway, I'm. I'm. It's grown on me. I think. Like I. I don't. I I think in the video, maybe I was a little too harsh and I made it sound like I just absolutely hated the piece, but I liked it all right. And actually, as I've looked at it more, it's grown on me. And I think in person, it's lower than people picture it being. So it actually looks a little more sleek in person, I think, than it does in video. Does it sit into a corner or does it sit like with its back open? So the back is pretty much up against the wall, but it's in the center of a wall and it's behind the dining table. So you really don't even see it that much. Um, But... Yeah, like, and that's why in the video I didn't care about like leaving screws and stuff in the back because I know there was no oh, way you yeah. were ever going to see it. Yeah, but um, yeah, so all you really get to see from it is a front view unless you're going behind the table to sit in it and then you would see it from the side. But um, other than that, I have, I'm hoping to put out two videos this week at the same time. So I'm going to try, I think, I don't know if you've ever done it, Mike. I think you've done it, Ben, before where you've released simultaneous videos. Yeah, I've done like two, I've done like three or four within like a two day period before. Yeah, so I want to. I'm gonna try that and just see how it goes. They're obviously they make sense to go up at the same time. I probably could have made them one video, but I just thought it worked better as two separate videos. They're um, the. I think I talked about them a couple weeks ago. The hat rack, so it's like a wall-mounted hat rack, and I had made a bent lamination one, but basically I was worried that it wasn't gonna come out since I was experimenting with a lot in that one. So since there was a bunch of downtime, I decided to build another one that wasn't bent, bent lamination at the same time. So now I have two of them and, you know, they both came out. So I made videos of both of them. So I started editing one of them and they're kind of on the shorter side. So I'm hoping I can edit both of them. And hopefully by the time you're listening to this, they're already up. So go check those out. And if they're not up, then I'm a liar. And uh, <laughs> other than that, I made my first test cut with the X-Carve. Oh, so nice. came out, came out perfectly. Like, you know, there were no oh there was one misstep but it was on my end and it it wasn't a technical problem but so i got a guy i want to thank him again his name's chris crawford um he jumped on facetime with me and just kind of walked me through it just you know it's nice to have somebody kind of hold your hand through those things the first time you're doing it so anyway yeah he jumped on for like an hour and we were talking and hanging out and then we went through that so it was funny when i actually went to to do the test cut, I was so focused on everything and I don't have the dust shoe on there. So I'm like, Oh, I'll just hold my, my uh, dust extractor up to it and just collect the dust as it's coming off it. So I do it. And the first two passes, I'm like, man, there's still a lot of dust going everywhere. I look and realize, Oh, I didn't turn my vacuum on. I was so focused on the CNC cutting that I was just sitting there holding the hose with the thing off the whole, the entire time. I'm like, oh, that explains why there's dust everywhere. No wonder the dust so, yeah. collection is not working so great. Yep. Got to turn it on as it as luck would have it. Oh, I do have one more thing I wanted to talk about. Go for it. And this is one of those things that I think if you don't think about every once in a while, obviously you forget about it, but it's a good habit to stay in, is mm-hmm. writing down the ideas you've come up with in the past few months in a list mm-hmm. on paper. You know what? I, me and my wife were just talking about that the other day. I was saying, I need to install like a dry erase board somewhere yeah. in the house mm-hmm. that I can just have like, 
here's all of like the things that I owe that are like scheduled to come out and write them down and then just have another list that's just like ideas of things that I want to do because I am bad about that. Like I just keep it all in my head and then like every time I need to think about it, I have to kind of reset for three minutes and what are the things I wanted to do again? Yeah, or you get to that point where you get all your projects done and it's time to start a new video and you're like, oh crap, what do I make? Even yeah. though you've had 30 ideas in the past you know, month that are worth making, you just for some reason freeze up. So I did that last night and I filled up a full sketchbook page of just writing them down and doing little, like jotting down little sketches so I remember the idea. Um, nice. So yeah, do that guys, it helps. <laughs> I'm going the white, the dry erase marker route. Yeah. It's, hey, there you go. You got a kid though. Why not? He's just going to come by one day and erase all of it. I'm going to keep it on the ceiling. Oh, perfect. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I have to just get out the stepladder each time. I don't really like dry erase boards. Something about them, I, there's something about the tactile sense of using them. I've always just thought they were gross. Like, you like chalkboards? Really? Oh, see, now that's gross. No, that chalkboards are gross. I mean, I like chalkboards the way they look. I just don't yeah. like using them as that huh the whole writing on the wall things this i like the idea of it i just feel like it never i feel like people never change it right like unless you're like a restaurant where it's like the daily you know the, the daily special yeah. that makes sense yeah. um although watching like, uh bob claggett's uh st- office remodel whatever he did where he did an entire mm-hmm. wall of dry erase boards i thought was a really cool idea he did floor to ceiling dry erase boards yeah nice. i think what i would do would be like a wall of like clips from clipboards <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> like all spaced out kind of almost like pegboard but literally uh-huh. so i could just like write on sheets of paper and then interchange them yeah. uh-huh. that that's kind of what i was thinking like if you remember i think they used to do it for like tv programming like you know it'd be like here's the nbc fall lineup and they would have like a big board with everything on magnets where they would like slot things around i want to do something like that for yeah for my so projects. you can sort of do it's sort of like the, the analog version of like minority report where they're like sliding yeah. all the information moving things around yeah the other thing because I'll, I'll often get an idea and then like sketch it on whatever paper is at hand whether it's a napkin the a torn envelope yep. uh Mm-hmm. parking ticket <laughs> um, oh, so then you can just throw it right on clipboard. yeah so i think i might maybe i'll just yeah that's a smart idea next one just like a whole wall of those of those clips because on amazon you can get like those clips for like 25 cents 50 cents each yeah. or something like that yeah because that's what i'll do occasionally as well is do a quick sketch but then i take a picture of it on my phone yeah i do that and then too, that yeah. gets so buried in your camera roll that it's you know oh, what i mean i email it to myself with with the subject line don't forget <laughs> oh <laughs> that's smart because i forget uh, yeah. So, anyways, or create, or, or create a uh, create an album. Oh yeah, and then instantly put them to that album. See, that's just the level of organization that I don't have. <laughs> yeah, but that's like something you can do. Like if you can't, like you can't fall asleep. I mean, not that you should be looking at your iPhone, but or you're like stuck in line. Yeah. Rather than check Instagram or social media. Um, so again, speaking of to do list, like make a to do list of like. Uh, Evernote's like great for this because you can make like all these different little notes and stuff like that. But you can make like a to-do list that's just labeled like stuck in line or, yeah. you know, something like that, right? Uh, so I have a, to- a to-do list just for when I'm in the back of an Uber, right? <laughs> so it's like not like things where I have to really pay visual attention, it, but it can be like sorting images within my phone. Yeah. Mm. That's smart. Good times. Should we... Uh hop into the topic for this week. It Let's almost sounds it. like that was turning into a topic. It just I might. Know. Next week. <laughs> there you go. You know what I thought would be a really cool episode? Let's do it right now. A brainstorming, co- a brainstorming episode. 
Okay. So what would we do? I kind of like, I picture it kind of the same way. Like whenever I was out in California and me and Ben were trying to think of dwell projects where okay, so just like we come up with a certain set of parameters. Maybe we say uh, it, the starting point is leather or maybe the starting point is plywood or the starting mm-hmm. point could be a specific, you know, piece of furniture. So you think like sofa, dining table, and then you just let the ideas flow. But you do it. Just come up with like three months worth of content each in one podcast. That's what I'm saying. I mean, it's selfishly great idea. Yeah. Like I'm down for it. It'll help me out. It's uh, it, it's funny. Like, uh, see, I, I, I sort of think of it as the opposite, right? Like, I feel like the the brainstorm is always happening, and it's more about how do I collect the rainwater out of all the chaos. Oh, that's a hundred percent. Well, I think that's a lot of yeah. what it was. Yeah, is we came together. We already had the base of a lot of ideas, but it was like kind of right. talking and getting getting that feedback from other people is really beneficial. Yeah, and 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 sometimes I think that it's. It's not, it, it was funny. Uh, someone on Instagram commented like, uh, you know, how, how do you get all these ideas? And I, you know, I say the same thing I normally say, well, I, I think ideas come from your hands, not, not your head. You can just by sort of not knowing what you're doing, but just sort of starting to work, you'll start to see possibilities emerge as you watch your hands sort of go through a procedure. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, sometimes if, if you're stuck, just, changing the order right that maybe I, I like first of all i like the idea of like a brainstorming episode i think we should do that um but sometimes i think it's also helpful to think of it different like as like idea collection because the it's not like we're we have any shortage of exposure to media other ideas i mean we probably all have youtube videos from people that we like that we haven't seen yet um mm-hmm. that we could get more ideas and more ideas so I think that the there there's a where it's just like with food now where it's not hard to get enough calories to survive. The challenge <laughs> is really more of curation, smart decision making, discipline, enforcement, and then implementation. So I think like you know within any of us we have a million ideas. Uh, I think the the question is how do we filter them down to the good ones, and then the also not just just the good ones the good ones that are we have the highest degree of success at implementing with our own particular uh, circumstances, mm-hmm. which actually leads very nicely into our topic for tonight, uh, which is bad ideas. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> right. And I think that's so. Yeah. So maybe we'll do this this week. And I think that would segue nicely to a future episode where we talk about actually good ideas. idea, idea cultivation <laughs> or collection or brainstorming or, or whatever have you. I think so. Yeah. So I think. So I think it's important to talk about bad ideas because it's not like it, we've all executed some bad ideas um, that seemed like good ideas at the time that might have been the result of brainstorming. But there was a few things that either, you know, they could have been just bad luck or you know poor planning, poor execution, not enough preparation, trying to rush something um, or just a really flawed uh, set of assumptions going into the project. But I want to talk about some of our our terrible projects, and uh, <laughs> you know, and not so much about why they're bad, uh, although we can do that too. Uh, but more about what you were thinking and how that thinking uh, sort of led you astray. So I, I can go, I can go first. Okay. Okay. And I think it was like one of my fourth or fifth projects. It's called. Uh, I think it's like 
DIY mudroom bench or something like that. Um, and I took like these dowels and wrapped like yarn around them so they'd be nice and colorful and then stuck them into this giant plywood block and then made this like coat rack over it. It just wasn't good. (laughs) It wasn't, it didn't look (laughs) particularly great. Uh, it didn't, I mean, it worked okay, but it's a bench. So it's not like, oh wow, you achieved the functionality of, (laughs) of the bench, you know, gold star. Um, but when I look at it now and I was thinking like, why did I create this piece of shit? Like, uh, <laughs> I think it was like the, the idea formation wasn't really like something additive or new. It was in reaction to the things that I'd already done. And I think it's because I had only done four or five projects. The first projects I'd done were all sort of like concrete or glass. And I thought I need to have variety. I need to do something with like color. Or I need to do something with like a soft texture or a soft material. It's kind of like when you're drafting for a sports team and you're like, oh, we need a point guard. So but so you end up not taking the best available player and you end up taking mm-hmm. the best available point guard, which might actually only be like the 20th available player. Well, that's fine if you have like the 19th or the 18th pick, but it's really crappy for you if you have like the fifth pick and you take the 20 <laughs> best player just because of your specific needs. Yeah. And so in this case, I was choosing and I had tons of other I mean it was before I did sofa projects which I already had all sketched out it was before I had a bunch of other projects already in my sketchbook that were way better way more useful better for the audience better for uh, uh, views and all those things but I did this one based on sort of this assumption of I needed a, a, a you know a variety of different things and this is one of the reasons why I tell people when they start asking me, well, you know, oh, how do you think the YouTube algorithm works and all these things? And I say, I don't think about it. And I don't think you should either. Because um, I think thinking about things that you have suspicions on, but you don't actually control is one of the ways that like bad ideas can sort of form, uh, uh, form themselves uh, around these sort of false assumptions. Mm-hmm. So... The, the mistake that I made in this case was this idea that I needed variety rather than just uh, uh, quality of ideas that I had the the opportunity to execute well on. Um, and you know, later on, and I think because I was I was relatively inexperienced at sort of like fiber arts and sort of you know soft goods and things like that. And uh, you know, later on, I, I implemented a much simpler version of the same concept of mixing sort of wood with some yarn and and with the sort of knitted bench and that one did really well (laughs) and you know just crushed for me especially on pinterest um and it was way easier to make um and it was a case where you know with the 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 crappy colorful mudroom bench I, i was really i was reaching too hard on too many fronts and it was all motivated by a sort of by flawed logic um, and for me, I think, uh, that's sort of where, in, in my case, where, where, where bad ideas come from when I'm reaching on two or three things that I'm unsure about. And I don't, my, my reason is more internal related to a portfolio, which is something I only really observe mm-hmm. rather than sort of looking at more sort of external objective factors. Yeah. So what you should have done is you should have built another concrete something and then just traded for a, uh a soft good <laughs> to really round out the team. Exactly. Well, that's, that's, that's what happened with the, with the, the, the knit and wood bench that I ended up doing. I, I collaborated with a friend and uh, they knit the, the sleeve for it and I made the bench and it all looked great. 
There you go. Collaborate. Mike? Uh, one project that I don't think it was a bad project, but I think it was I had a little bit of error in judgment on is the Nelson bench that I built a year, but probably about a year ago now. I built mm-hmm. it out of one by sixes, maybe one by fours. I'd have to go back to the video and watch it. But they were fresh from Home Depot one by fours and they looked great. Mm. It sat super flat whenever I built it and took all my glamour <laughs> shots. But about a month later, it sat on two of the four you know, corners of the legs. So that was one instance where I don't think I don't I don't think it would have sat perfectly flat if I just let it dry before I used it. But I think it would have helped a lot if I would have just set the wood aside, let it dehumidify, let it uh, get used to the. I don't know what I'm saying. I'm going to cut this. Acclimate? Yeah. Let it acclimate. Acclimate to the weather. <laughs> so <laughs> To the humidity. Yeah. Um, that was yeah, one so that was more bad idea in terms of like the technical knowledge yeah, more than anything else. I think that's a great way to, to learn your lesson is, you know, you can have yeah, people you talk to you. Yeah, you can have people talk to you and tell you that wood, move- wood movement is real or you can experience it and know that it definitely is real and... Is not to be played around with. <laughs> not to be taken <laughs> not lightly. Not to be tempted. Yeah. So <laughs> what about you? So for me, I, I, when we came up with this topic, I just started looking through my list of projects that I've made on my channel and thinking, I didn't really think about it in terms of bad idea. I just thought about it as like what were good projects and what were bad projects. And so I feel like there's some kind of obvious ones that are the bad projects. And I don't think it's that they're bad. I think it's just that they don't fit in my wheelhouse of like what people want to see from me. So the layup choices would be something like the Mario wall art or the, the divide desk thing that I did or the, the Lego bench, even though I really like that one or the gnocchi boards, just cause they're not like furniture. And I think that's what people look for when they watch my videos. So I wanted to choose something that I thought, not that it was a bad idea. I actually think it was a good idea, but I didn't do enough with it, at least in the video of it, to convey it. And that was the the uh, modular bed that I built for my son. Oh, yeah. So I think what happened there was I, I almost just like relied too much on putting modular in the title and thought that that <laughs> would sell what I was trying to do. And I talked about it a little bit in the video. Like I showed like, you know, here's different setups that you can use for it. So the whole idea was that it's going to be something that we'll use as a bed and it'll have a lot of utility for the next couple years. But then what do we do with it after? And so building it in a modular way where now it can be used as entertainment units. You could use one piece, two pieces, all three pieces. You know, there's a bunch of different things you can do with it. And I just kind of glossed over that in the video. And so I still think it is a really good idea, but I think I should have glommed onto that a little bit more in the way that I conveyed it. And I think so I felt like that was going to come across without really having to do anything. And if you just look at the thumbnail, it's essentially just boxes, which, right. you know, are fine, but they're not the sexiest thing in the world for a thumbnail. And so it kind of, I, I think it just was like a really, it missed a missed opportunity or missed potential with that what's, particular what's video. What's the reading grade level for the word modular, do you think? Is that like a eighth grade? Is it a 10th grade reading level? Oh, man. I mean, I feel like anybody who's watching youtube stuff about woodworking probably gets it mm, really you don't think so i i, I, uh, I hope so <laughs> i don't know i feel like maybe it's i'm like, optimistic i feel like it's one of those words that that uh designers or sort of technical, uh, yeah it's like inside right. baseball or something yeah i think that that might be part of it um 
that it's that uh, could be. yeah it I, I find that words like that do really well on if i do pinterest posts with sort of modular mm-hmm. um because people are looking at it relative to very specific ideas so but i think the search volume and and those kind of things for it might be a little bit might, might be a little bit low right it's also i think one of those things that is i think that's where instagram video does well is with sort of modular ideas because you can do really short video demos like a 10 second video demo with movement but picking a still thumbnail for something that's like modular or transformable like murphy beds are always like the tricky thumbnail thing right yeah yeah <laughs> because you can't you can't take the picture with enough and when it's down it often looks like a regular bed that's when you do the split screen yeah i know uh, then that's a lot, a lot to cram into a little rectangle. But or you do that, yeah, I think that, that rotational it, arrow. <laughs> yeah, if I could have done something, and that's probably what I should have done, is just said, you know, to hell with the word modular. Like, that really doesn't matter ultimately. What yeah. matters is conveying the idea. So if I could have conveyed that action in a thumbnail, then I think it probably would have done well because I think it is an idea that a lot of people would like of like, oh, it's got a second life after its initial life as a bed. Yeah, yeah, if I if I were you, Chris, I would retake a thumbnail on your picture wall that you have now, where the mm-hmm. the the bed and everything is broken up from the background. But I would mm-hmm. just title the video DIY Modern Bed with Storage. I think it'll mm-hmm. perform great. Yeah, it probably would have done better like that. Do it now. It's never too late. No, I, I guarantee you'll see a bump. What were you going to say, Ben? It looked like you were going to say something, too, at the same time. I, I, I agree with uh, with Mike. And I would also check, try the word. Uh, I think storage is probably... Yeah, that's the, the, that's the key yeah. word is, I was um, The other okay. one that I might try would be transformable. Because that is a word yeah, yeah. that people know because of kids' toys. Because <laughs> yeah. of the Transformers. Autobots bed. <laughs> it, well, <laughs> it, it, it's funny, you know. It, 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 a word like transform and mod or transformable and modular might not have been that different in sort of recognizability maybe 40 years ago um but <laughs> something like like a toy based on it can can certainly bring us a, a word into consciousness a little bit more dramatically so here's right. a question and actually oh go ahead yeah, well Chris. one last thing yeah actually transformable might be a more accurate word for what the bed is because it's modular in that like it all fits together and it's separate pieces that come together, but they're actually three distinct pieces. Right. Yeah. It's really more of storage modules that can come together Voltron style to make a bed. That's right. So, Form the head. So here's my question to you guys. I've got I've yeah. got what I think, but I want to hear what you guys say. So it's a kid's bed, but right now it's mm-hmm. titled Making a Modular Bed Woodworking Project. So there's nothing kind of informing that you're building a kid, kid's bed. Do you think it would mm-hmm. help or detract by t- by titling it something along the lines of DIY modern kids bed with storage? Is there anything inherently kids beddy about it or could it be upscaled to be like a full size or queen or whatever? Well, anything could be any size, but I'm mm-hmm. I'm think I'm asking do you think it's a uh, a positive or a negative to put kids in there? Hmm. Uh, I would say you put it you put it in the in the meta tags for search. Oh, okay. But uh, not in the title. Yeah, because that's the thing is a video with you know basically a hundred thousand views. I bet that's going to be really high on the list for the search kids bed. So mm-hmm. that's something to consider. 
Yeah, I'm trying to remember if I even did I put kids' bed in mine. Now I almost I want to go look at Chris, it. Chris, man, we gotta have an SEO talk, brother. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I should be uh, at our. I should be in the audience of our workbench. <laughs> Just have Mike drop some knowledge. Listen, man, on that me. was a year ago. Things have changed. That's right. I'm a I'm a wiser man now. Exactly. I've learned the errors of my ways. All right, let's hear some more bad projects. What do y'all got? Uh, yeah, by far that was my worst one. Um, <laughs> so you think that's just like your worst project? Like that's the one that you're least proud of? Yeah. Here, I've got a project. <laughs> I've got a project idea that I think has a high potential for being bad, but I still like. I still like it's it. Got in bad potential. Yeah, it's got it's got high bad potential, but the payoff might be worth it. Is building and granted it's it's not the time of year for it now so it's gonna have to wait a winter but a wood slatted hammock so you make a hammock that instead of is crisscrossed rope you have little Mm -hmm. wood slats that are connected with rope does that make sense so the slats are thin enough that they bend no the slats are going horizontally and then there's rope going between each slat okay so what do you think? So the slats, the slats are going across your body. Yes. Okay. Um, do you think that would be terribly uncomfortable, or do you think if you have enough slats that it'll kind of contour to your body uh, and work? I mean, uh, it, I guess it depends on the tautness. I picture a ladder. Like I'm picturing one of those like no, ladders they imagine, throw from like yes, a. Yes. Imagine a roll-up ladder, but uh-huh. you know the proportions of a hammock, and I would put a pillow on it because I know that's that's got to be the uncomfortable part if there is one. I, th- I think the challenge will be how you connect it. I think that's a f- that's a that's a uh, four. It's more that you're going to get dumped out of it, right? Uh, like because it, it's the opposite of a canoe. So I think it'll, it's more that it's going to dump you. Oh, um, okay. Unless you attach it at four points, but if you attach it at four points, it'll be more like a kind of loungy swing that only moves mm-hmm. uh, in line with your body and won't really sway back and forth. Um, yeah, I never thought about that. It would be kind of if if it is just one row of slats, that would be tough to keep level and centered and not roll over on, huh? Right. I think yeah. I think it'll it's more that it'll compromise movement. Yeah. Uh, more than than it will be sort of uncomfortable in a static position. Interesting. I think it'll be more. I th- I think the value of it though might not be as a hammock, even if you would, even if you did title that way. Uh, I think it might be more valuable as sort of a Let's say you have like a small balcony or patio and you want to have like a lounge chair for reading, but you don't want to move something through a sliding glass door. And occasionally you want to be able to like grill something or, or, or have a few people for drinks on that same patio. The ability for it to sort of uh, collapse and not take up space, but then also be sort of a nice you know, lounge chair uh, might actually be the more valuable sort of transformable feature of it. Yeah, I didn't think about that, but it's a good point. Anyways, so who knows? Look out for that spring 2018. (laughs) It's coming. (laughs) Mark your calendars, everybody. Something to look forward to. Yeah, I think it's also, uh, you know, it's not, these things don't all exist at the sort of project level, right? Right. They can, they can exist at, as sort of features and things within a project. Um, So like sometimes we, uh, you know, where you make a project and you're like, should I add one more detail or is it too simple if I leave it the way it is or do I need to add a little bit more or even how we sort of photograph or present things. Um, 
I think those are also so, so you know, where sort of bad ideas can kind of live. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I think uh, there's been a few projects where I've sort of built them. I think one that comes to mind is I did this sort of uh, this outdoor bar and I sort of built it into place where it made the most sense, but then there was no real way to sort of photograph it well and communicate like how it, what it sort of does. Um, mm-hmm. And a little more, you know, I, in retrospect, since I'm primarily designing for the creation of content, um, I probably should have, you know, sort of, you know, thought, you know, that was sort of like a bad idea, not really fully conceiving uh, all the angles of how it's going to be sort of uh, uh, presented. That's tough, though, building things in place for videos is you got There's a lot to consider if it, whether it's like a fire pit, like the concrete one you did or something like that is got to take into aspect what's around it right and and it's it's again it's it's, and this is what this is how bad ideas can or or how good ideas can get compromised and deteriorate to the point where they're no longer as effective as they were exciting when you first conceived of them is there's a lot of forces at work right so we have the idea in our in our mind of like, oh, I have this idea for this outdoor bar and this is the way it goes together and that's clever and it's efficient and it's easy and it's affordable and it's all these good things that are contribute to it being a good idea. But in your mind, you have it, you're seeing it. You're, you're, you're closing your eyes and seeing the finished image of it in an idealized setting, but your reality of where you're implementing and showing to other people, it isn't an idealized setting. So you either got to make sure you're creating that or sort of uh, building that setting around it to get other people as excited about the image that you saw in your head. Well, this kind of comes back to what we were talking about in the beginning. And I think, Ben, you were talking about the importance of ideas coming from your hands. And Mike, you were talking about wanting to just kind of like talk about things. And I think that actually verbalizing compared to just thinking about ideas does make a huge difference when you start actually like, uh, there'll, there'll be times that, you know, I'll be talking to my wife about project ideas and she'll give me feedback sometimes. Sometimes she'll just be somebody to listen to, but just the act of talking and verbalizing it helps you to like really flush out your ideas. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. And then sometimes you say something and realize how little it made sense. Yeah. And I think that part of that is that it's funny because you'll have conversations with yourself in your head, like, or, you know, you're almost like give yourself advice in your head, like acting as if that's advice that's coming from somebody else, but it's not, it's just the voice, you know, it's just yourself reflecting back to you. I don't know if that makes sense, Yeah, it's but it's almost, you, you act like you're getting advice, but you're not. It's you asking yourself, is this a bad idea? No, it's not a bad idea. It can't be. All right, let's do it. Right. And then like as if you're getting advice, but it's still just you thinking about yeah, it's it. It's just you reaffirming a bad idea. But, but like subconsciously you felt like, Oh no, I've, I've thought I've this talked through. it out and I've thought it through, <laughs> yeah. but you really haven't. No. It's still just sitting in your head. Yeah, and it's not just like a bad idea in terms of what the end project's going to come out or the, the end consequence. It's also relative to like the opportunity cost of what else you could have done in its place. Mm. And I think that's important to consider as well. Uh, it's also, I think, you know, with so so let's say there's you, you you know there's a fine line between sort of being experimenting and sort of being uh, too experimental. Um, so I don't want to experiment with like pouring molten metal or some random thing that I don't know uh, for the first time within like a, you know, a walnut slab, right? 
mm-hmm. <laughs> I want to experiment with like five dollars worth of kinetic sand <laughs> and something in a cookie cutter, right? And yeah. then extrapolate up. So, you know, I think one the the you know sort of waiting ideas, right? So, be, you know, not just saying okay, this could be a cool project for me to build or something useful that I need, but sort of scaling up ideas. I think it's uh, you know another great example is. If you have an idea for a piece of furniture and you, you, you're you not 100% sure about it, build the plywood version, pick, build a cardboard, <laughs> build a cardboard mock-up of it, right? Uh, you know, and that can be the difference between, you know, a, a project ultimately becoming a success or, or, or something that you kind of regret. Because it can be a small thing. It could just be proportion or the, the ratio of the height to the width that's just throwing it off. It could be a good idea. It's just small. Something small might be holding it back. Exactly. Right. So we, we made a, a version of the sort of hexagonal sort of diamond shaped fire pit before. Actually, you saw, I think, oh, the, yeah. the, the, the first prototype of it. And it was pretty much the same. It was just like a few inches different here or there. And the we rod used, was a little thicker, I think. It looked yeah, a little heavier. Yeah, we used rebar. And it just didn't look right. Um, and it was it was as simple as we probably only changed probably you know two inches of uh, uh, off a couple dimensions here or there to make it kind of lower and flatter. Um, and then changed the the size of diameter of the, of the steel rod from, you know, I think five-eighths uh, to like seven-sixteenths. And that made a huge difference uh, visually. Uh, thankfully, you know, it, it did take time to make the prototype, but, you know, steel rebar is pretty cheap. So it's not like we, we blew through a bunch of money to do it. But, you know, I think it's also just being, uh, you don't want to, you, you want to stay motivated. So you, you don't want to be a, a killjoy. And I get so sick of people that are like, that are always seeing like what could go wrong in things. But you do want to be aware of where are the most likely places that something could fail and either say, hey, I'm going to test it anyways, but I'm going to minimize the damage if it does fail, in this case, Mm -hmm. sort of using like a cheaper material, or uh, I'm going to do a little bit more research before I do that or before I sort of take the first step. Right. Going back to your point about, so when you were talking about trying out pouring molten metal, either, you know, in a walnut slab or doing something cheap with the connect sand, it's funny. So that's basically the, the hat rack was just an excuse to try bent lamination. It's not like I needed a hat rack. Um, it was just, I want to try bent lamination. I want to start off with something small and quick. So there's not a, if, you know, if it all goes to hell, then I don't have a ton of money or time sunk into it. But I've actually gone back and forth with that. So it worked out. But like, if you go back to the bad Larry, that was the first time that I ever cut non 90 degree angles. And I did it in a really big project. And on one level, I felt like that kind of helped me because it had like an importance to it where I really paid a lot more attention than I would have otherwise. And so even thinking about this hat rack that I made, like I still tried to pay attention just because you have like, you know, the pressure of knowing that people are going to be watching you do it. And so you want to do it right. But I still felt like I've not phoned it in, but maybe just like rushed through it a little faster than I would have had I been doing like a chair or something that had a lot more, you know, I had, I had a lot more riding on it, I guess. Um, so I don't know, there is kind of like a balance act between, it just depends on your personality of does that pressure help you or hurt you? Does it help you or hurt you? Yeah. Well, for me, I think that it probably helps me. Yeah. But there is still the chance that it could just 
come out like crap. <laughs> and then obviously it hurt me. I, you know, yeah. I wasted a lot more of my time than like, you know, even with this one, like I was afraid that I was not going to be able to bend the corners that I had created. Luckily I soaked them in water and it worked out. But you know, if I had been doing a chair and now I had cut a bunch of wood into strips and then realized like, Oh, I just built a form and cut all these strips and this is not going to work out instead of wasting a half hour. Now I've wasted like a whole day. Yeah. Trade off. Well, you know, what wasn't a bad idea. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> the time when me and Mike, uh, decided to make ice cream sandwiches with, uh, what was it with cookies? No, no pancakes. With pancakes. Yes. Pancakes? That, that was an innovative, risky idea. I, and uh, Now, did you like it paid burn off. them a little bit so that they had more structure no, to them? No, but they were, cooked, they were cooked that morning, and we used them that night. So they were a little bit, little bit rubbery. Yeah, huh. mm-hmm. And yeah, so we kind of made like a taco cone kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, yeah. It worked to the advantage, though. The pancake wasn't hot, so it didn't melt the ice cream. The ice cream didn't melt, so it didn't soak into the pancake. So it became this like very textural rubbery no, 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 no. and ice cream not rubbery rubbery is the wrong uh it's the wrong adjective but it was good <laughs> try it yeah innovation <laughs> spongy you're welcome yeah it's yeah. funny i was actually talking to a friend that was thinking about uh starting a food truck Ooh. and uh-huh. they were thinking of doing like a mac and cheese food truck whoa and i was saying well you got to come up with like some like mac and cheese is pretty simple you make it in those big tins right yeah like what's yeah. the item everyone talks about right i'm like it's it's hard to instagram or snap macaroni and cheese in a way that looks really great like we know it's great but it kind of looks disgusting maybe a grilled right? macaroni and cheese <laughs> so i was thinking of like how do you make like a cone that you could like scoop it on so it's like an ice cream right either mm. it's like sort of like a flatbread kind of waffle cone like maybe some like garlic non bread or some sort of like crunchy crouton type like ice cream cone thing so you like it's like mm. holding it like that or some sort of like mac and cheese taco or uh empanada that should just be the, get a taco the whole food truck should just be like savory cones so yeah. it could be like they look like ice cream cones but it's like a bunch of different savory kinds of food you get like a uh, taco salad shell that's coated in cheetos just one big piece <laughs> of taco crispy Bell. bacon. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like a Doritos taco, but instead it's Cheetos and it's a taco salad I, full of macaroni. I, I think there's a way to do a mac and cheese burrito with like a really mm. thin tortilla. And I think like packaging wise, yeah. that would like hold it and you're, like the warmth of it, you know, like that's the best thing about holding burritos that it's like. Yeah. The challenge nice is you're stacking, star- you're stacking starches. That's the challenge. <laughs> you got to keep it A mac and cheese burrito. Not, not keto. Well, no, no. I'm just talking about in terms of taste and balance. Stacking starches. Maybe that's the name of the food truck. Stacking starches. (laughs) Sounds like it, man. It's off to a good start. It's got alliteration. Yeah. Cool. All right. Should we uh, hop into a hypothetical? We're hopping around today. We hopped into our topic. We're hopping to a hypothetical. Why don't we hop out of the topic (laughs) and into a hypothetical? Uh, Let's see. Somebody wrote in one. His name is Jacob... Hayidic? I'm not sure how to s- pronounce his last name, but that's a close guess. Shout out, Jacob. Thanks for the question. His name is Jacob. He says, if each of you could have a podcast with any two people, not from Modern Maker, who would they be and what would the podcast be about? Doesn't need to be makers or about making unless you want it to be. Mm. That's one to think about. That's a thinker. Yeah, I think we've had some form of this question before. And I remembered I answered, I would love to do some sort of 
music related podcast where I could just discuss new releases, music I'm interested in, and then have mm-hmm. people, you know, take take what I say um, and kind of like, you know, as appre- No, well, no, I'm just saying and like have that be <laughs> something people like actually want to hear and appreciate. I think that would be really cool. Um, be like mm-hmm. a an Anthony Fantano, but a lot nicer and. Hey, I saw that guy Bearable. at a VidCon. I was walking yeah. down the street and I saw. I was like, "Hey, he's a lot taller than I thought he was on camera." Really? I don't picture him very tall. Yeah, yeah. I pictured him as short for some reason too. He's like kind of short and like a little round. Yeah, yeah. Internet's Say busiest music face. word, nerd. <laughs> yeah, I, I would probably do one on architecture, um, and I'd probably have someone that was like an architectural historian, and then somebody was more like a a, a, a critic and theorist. And I'd want to bring in like uh, like contractors as like guests and just sort of have them discuss about the giant chasm there is between the sort of academic uh, and theoretical conceptions of architecture and the actual implementation. I would do the Modern Maker podcast too, but I would just ditch YouTube bums <laughs> and get some, get some, some real hosts. Yeah. <laughs> no, who who would you I replace think... this with, Chris? Ooh, that's if you had a dream, it doesn't like no one else is in podcasts. You've got your pick of anyone in the world. Okay, probably Mark the Wood Whisperer, just because he's like my first guy and he's goofy, and we could just if all if all else fails, we just talk about Seinfeld. I think you just do a Seinfeld podcast, (laughs) right? Yeah, (laughs) we just do Seinfeld too. He's my he's my first pick. Man, I feel like this is like the basketball all-star game. You guys hear about that? How they're going to be? Yes. Instead, of, they're going to be drafting the team. It's going to be the Warriors versus everyone. <laughs> I'm just going to pick my, all my teammates. Uh, man, who else would I choose? That's tough. There's so many. I love everybody. Everybody. You're burning. Rotating, <laughs> rotating second co-host. There you go. There you go. Oh, it's a rotating third co- co-host. I like it. Yep. Me, Mark, and somebody. Cool. All right. How That's about for uh, current obsessions? Chris, you go first. What do you guys got? NES Classic, baby. Oh, yeah. Every week. Actually, you know what? I do have another video game one this week, and that is it's not out yet, but we are like two hours from it coming out. So by the time you're listening to this, I will have logged many miles in Gran Turismo Sport. You guys Gran Turismo fans? Oh, I love Gran Turismo. Back in the day, PlayStation 2. That was the first game that I really got hooked to, I think. Gran Turismo 3? Either that or Rampage. Maybe an unpopular opinion. <laughs> or PlayStation always, 1, sorry. Not a big fan of racing games. I always thought racing games kind of suck. Mm, that's because no, you suck at them wrong, probably. No, I'm good at all video games. Well, see, and here's an interesting thing about Gran Turismo. <laughs> what? Nothing. Is that... <laughs> I'm just challenging Ben to a... <laughs> Street Fighter 2 challenge? No, it's got to be a racing game. <laughs> oh, okay. Mario Kart. Um, <laughs> yes. Ooh, Mario Kart drinking game. We'll do game. that. There you go. No, but see, this game you could actually enjoy if you you don't have to enjoy racing to like it. So even if you just like cars and or photography, it's got this whole scapes mode in there that I will spend more time just like taking pictures of cars <laughs> and then bugging my wife and saying like, look at that. That looks real. Look how realistic that looks. I'll do that more than I'll actually race in the game. That's funny. That's I think like, that's worth the price of admission right there. Yeah, that's like when you play Grand Theft Auto and then realize you spent like 45 minutes like buying customizing Running cars around. or getting helicopters and not doing anything. Yep. So. Yep. Just exploring. It happens, man. What do you guys got? I've got two music picks. I oh gave boy. a couple music picks in the past, in the past you know few weeks. And I've had some people give me feedback saying, like, I dig it, do it more often, or just saying that mm. I, I had a good choice. So I got two albums for you guys. 
in, in right. two different genres. The first is called uh, by a guy named Corbin. It's his first mm-hmm. solo project. The album is called Mourn, which is a little uh, depressing sounding. But now that I think about it, the album as a whole is probably a little depressing. Um, but you know, if you've got if you've got alone time and you're interested in being in your feelings and just listening to some minimal yet atmospheric uh, music, go check that out. Is it instrumental? No, it's I don't know. It's like really kind of like hip hop influenced, but not hip hop. Uh-huh. Uh But just check it out. His name's Corbin. Uh, Corbin. Otherwise, if you ever heard of the guy named Spooky Black, that was him, but he changed his name now. Understandably, to Corbin. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he was done with new phase, and that was a bad idea. Yeah, yeah. that was a bad idea. <laughs> and then the second one is a band called Tennis System. I think Chris, I think you're gonna dig them. It's uh, okay. It's good. Just just listen to it and uh, tell me what you guys think. If you like, uh, what if that was? That was your podcast for the week. Like, hey, everybody, welcome to Mike's Music Podcast. <laughs> it's just like a three-minute thing. This music, it's good. All right, I'll see you next week, everybody. Yeah, so this would be for fans of uh, the band Title Fight. If you liked their new album, if you're a fan of Balancing Composure, uh, maybe Citizen, check out them. You'll be a fan, I think. Tennis System. Tennis System. Weird band name okay. as well. Mm-hmm. All right, I got a few. So the first is go. actually a music one, a rare music Whoa. one for me. Uh, so uh, this last week, I went and saw my friend Toki Monster, who was in Boston to uh, perform, and uh, hung out with her for a bit. And then uh, she did a just a really awesome show. Also, just cool, sort of you know, listening to her sort of you know talk about or, or talk to her sort of her team about the sort of setup and the lighting and all that kind of stuff that all goes with the the music. And it's always just sort of cool to hear her thoughts about sort of behind the scenes of sort of. It's funny too. Like uh, she, I guess most people would categorize her as a DJ, but I think she would probably call herself more of a producer since she's making things and and has mm-hmm. uh, uh, sort of people signed under her. Um, it was funny. It's I saw her like about a year and a half or two years ago at the same venue, um, and it, it was cool seeing her now because uh, at the the time when I saw her last time in Boston. Uh, she had a- uh, Anderson pa- Pack with her. Oh man, uh, that's yeah. awesome! So uh, got to meet him and stuff like that. And just hearing her at the time, sort of saying, "Oh, this guy is going to be big. He's going to be huge." Yeah, he's he's great. Uh, yeah, super, incredibly charismatic, super talented. But it, what was, was interesting was seeing how she was, uh, you know, how smart she was about sort of s- surrounding herself. And I, I didn't know that much about the music scene, but seeing how collaborative it is, uh, you know, people, there's people that are really charismatic on the mic, but they need really good beats. And then there's people that are good beats, but they need stu- studio time or they need, you know, uh, different types of connections and different opportunities. Um and or they need refinement and editing or, or or things like that um so check her out her music's awesome um uh, toki monster and then the other one is a museum that's uh, called the victoria and albert museum in london so if any of our listeners are across the pond uh go check it out because they're having an exhibit on plywood like on like it's like the history of like uh, of, of plywood as a technology and all its sort of design functionalities and how it's changed so many different uh, aspects of of the things we design 
So healthy dose of both how plywood's made and like uh, uh, all that. And I think a video of my staircase is in the exhibition. Oh, uh, that's awesome. I had a few people uh, uh, sort of hit me up on Instagram say, hey, I saw your staircase at a, at a museum in, in London. So that's the Victoria and Albert Museum. Um, and so if you're in England, especially London, uh, go check out that uh, exhibit. I think it's free too. Very cool. Uh, fun fact about plywood that I realized earlier this week, I guess it's not really a fun fact, but it's just an observation I had, is working with the kind of $30 per sheet uh, pine plywood that you can get from Home Depot, Lowe's, wherever. The, sand, the sanded pine? Just the sanded pine. I came across something that I really like about it. The veneer face is the same thickness as every other ply it's in the a, plywood. Right, it's, it's, it's more like an eighth inch. It's not yeah. like the, the poplar, which is like a sixteenth uh, thinner. Right, it's not a paper-thin veneer. You can sand it. You yeah. can actually sand it. So I was working on this bookcase for Dwell. Um, I was initially going to do it in maple, and that's what I had mentioned on the podcast. But whenever I went to Home Depot, they had some especially nice-looking pine plywood, so I figured I'd give it a shot. And I didn't notice the mm-hmm. whole veneer thing until I had gotten the, the majority of it screwed and glued together and i went to go ahead and sand all of my butt joints flush and uh yeah i noticed that and i was just really excited about it because i could just grab my belt sander make sure everything was super flush super nice really fast not have to worry about anything so not only are you saving some money you're getting more workable veneer which is Definitely valuable. Always good when you're not as precise as some people like I am. So. Yeah, that that plywood though is tends not to be. It's like twenty three thirty seconds or something like that, right? So yeah. it's not like it's not three quarter. No, but that's also kind of. I think it's all like that, isn't it? I think it's it's all a little funky. The one convenient thing about it, I will say though, is it being slightly undersized made it really convenient to make my own edge banding. Because the the one by fours or the one by sixes that you'll buy are uh, probably about a sixteenth inch thicker okay, so than actual a bit plywood, so it gives you a little bit of wiggle room. That way, you can get the edge banding on yeah. there, and you have enough that you can trim down to make it all nice and flush. So <clears throat> you don't end up short on. Yeah, it. the only downside that I will say is, unlike most hardwood veneers, where it's an A B, meaning you have an A face, which is yeah. your show face, a B face, which is Still a good-looking face, but maybe it's not as as pristine. With the pine plywood, oftentimes what I've seen is it's an A face and a C face. And that C face mm, is... So it's got one definite bad right. side to it. And that was kind of one of the tough things with building, with building this bookcase. So all of the visible C sides, I'm going to be painting those a kind of mint color. Oh, yeah. So a little workaround. Fun fact. Yeah, yeah. So anyways. Cool. Hope you guys enjoy. Should we hop into the end? That's what I was just doing. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. If you are not following us on Instagram, you should be doing that. That is at Modern Maker Podcast, at Modern Builds, at Benjamin Ueda, and at Four Eyes Furniture individually. If you haven't given us a review, that really helps us out. I harp on it every time. Please do it. Thank you in advance. And if you have any show topic ideas, any questions you want to ask us, either hit us up through Instagram, DMs, comments individually, or send us an email. Send us a voice message, whatever you want to do. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next Thursday on the Modern Maker Podcast. Bye, everybody. See you guys. Bye.